Er raakten vijf mensen gewond bij zijn actie. De verdachte werd samen met zijn 17-jarige vriendin gearresteerd. Maar zij is inmiddels weer vrij omdat ze tijdens het incident niet in de auto zat... maar naar haar vriend toe liep nadat hij op de toeschouwers was ingereden. Bij het speedbootongeluk in Venetië van afgelopen nacht is naar nu blijkt... de 54-jarige Nederlandse motorboottechnicus Erik Horen omgekomen. Horen woonde in Zwitserland en hielp zijn vriend en powerbootpiloot Fabio Buzzi hun eigen snelheidsrecord voor de tocht Monaco-Venetië te verbreken. Maar vlak voor de aankomst in de Italiaanse stad botste hun boot tegen een dam. Op een stuk landbouwgrond in het Zuid-Hollandse Schravendeel zijn ongeveer 200 landmijnen uit de Tweede Wereldoorlog aangetroffen. De eigenaar van het weiland vond ze vanochtend, maar waarom er zoveel landmijnen bij elkaar lagen is onduidelijk. Mogelijk ging het om een opslag of waren de explosieven er gedumpt. De explosieve opruimingsdienst is aanwezig en heeft vastgesteld dat er geen direct gevaar is voor de omgeving. Morgen worden alle landmijnen tot ontploffing gebracht. En dan nog het weer. Wisselend bewolkt en vooral in de noordelijke helft van het land kans op regen. Het is 16 tot 18 graden bij een zwakke tot matige noordwestenwind. Tot zover het Radio Nieuws. U luistert naar RTV Maastricht. Wednesday evenings from 6 until 7 on 107.5.
welcome back to another episode of Student Radio Maastricht. Today in studio, I have Machil, myself, Anastasia, uh, and Ruby on tech. That song was uh, showed me today by a new friend named Emma. It's called Blue Hour by an Australian band named Rainbow Babe. Check them out. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about university. Surprise, surprise. What else would a student radio talk about? Goodness gracious. But... Uh, I was just at the University Info Market um, last Wednesday, and I have some things to talk about. So, Info Market, we went, we covered it as the radio, we wanted to be a presence in the student space because we were desperately looking for new people to help us out. Um, we are, most of us are graduating this year, and I would really hate for this to die with me. Although I do think it's a very romantic and theatric sentiment, but... Maybe not the one, maybe not the one for me right now. Yeah, yeah, you know, so if anybody out there is interested in getting involved in this whole process, uh, let us know. Uh, and if you have any, again, any interesting segments, interesting uh, causes that you'd like to promote, you can always reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Radio Maastricht. But uh, we have a lot to talk about today in terms of academic organizations, community things, and a couple of events that we want to promote, like the Climate March. Yes. So, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, so I have went to the intro uh, information market and I spoke to the different associations um, and the representatives that were there. Um, so I have quite a few short segments to, um, to introduce to you uh, different communities, different associations, different things um, students can be involved in. First, I want to start with uh, Match Maastricht. They're the organization that hosted the info market and were so kind enough to offer us um, and invite us to come to cover it for the radio. So, Match Maastricht. We are an organization within the university and the municipality. And what we do is basically we try to connect students in city more. So that's why we also organize this Get Involved market. And the idea is um, for international students that they send us an email mm -hmm. uh, with their wishes. And we cater to these wishes and we try to connect them with a really good fit organization um, that fits to their wishes in which they can volunteer during the city. For Dutch students, we also have opportunities like the match houses in which they can live for 50 euros um, a month. And they work 8 to 10 hours in the neighborhoods on social projects in exchange for this. And also the project Brighter Futures, which offers students assistance, homework assistance um, to pupils in Maastricht that don't have the me means to buy this assistance and um, also students who have like issues at home um, and are more like needed of coaching so that's basically what we do as Match Amazing, and uh, how can someone get involved? You can get involved by taking a look at our Facebook send us a private message um, by getting onto our websites and sending us an email, um, basically getting into contact with us in each way. Yep, uh, that was Hannah. She's very sweet. Um, again, these are short introductions from the associations themselves. It's redundant for me to introduce them all over again when I did talk to them at the info market. Um, and I'm just going to re re reiterate myself, excuse me, but these are communities that are always welcome, associations always eager to help um, in many different sectors of uni life. So next, um, we're going to talk to Rhetorica, which is a debate organization. Ruby? So, 
Hello, my name is Hayden Bunn. I'm the president of the Vitorka Debating Society here in Maastricht. Vitorka is Maastricht's only interfaculty debating society. We host uh, workshops twice a week designed to help you improve your public speaking, critical thinking, and logic and reasoning skills. Yep, um, that's Hayden. Again, Rhetorica is a debate society. Very interesting. They're the only debate society in Maastricht, um, or at least one geared towards students. Um, give them a shout. Uh, they are very academically uh, focused. Um, if you want to develop speaking skills, debating skills, research skills, this might be a place to look outside of uh, uni. Um, yeah, sorry to jump in, no, you're but fine. Uh, I think it, yeah, it's always good to emphasize that uh, no matter what your situation is, your circumstance, there's always resources out mm -hmm. there and people willing to help you. You heard from Match that there's lots of resources for people who may be low income, who are looking for low income housing, and in exchange, you get to do some fulfilling community work. So yeah, yeah, these are good uh, resources at your expense. And everybody will say how excited they are to to help and be a part of something bigger than themselves. Um, and again, to emphasize this in a very academic uni uh, setting, um, I'm going to introduce the student project team, which is a, a facet of the university that aims to specifically uplift student initiatives. And I'll let uh, yeah, explain. so we are the student project team. We're a Maastricht University organized uh, project team. We handle several different projects throughout the university, and basically our goal is to bridge the gap between students and Maastricht University in terms of administrative projects or any sort of improvements that can be made to university programs or PBL or applications. It's a very broad, very widespread kind of thing, um, but we handle many different projects in many different areas just throughout the UM. I think the first thing that one person would, should do is maybe send us an email at studentprojectteam at maastrichtuniversity.nl. Uh, also, take a look on our website if you just look up Student Project Team Maastricht. Uh, a lot of answers to what we can help with, what we actually do, who we are, are on there. Uh, we can also help students that are looking to launch new initiatives mm -hmm. or set up new boards. Um, like us. Yes, exactly. Please come to us. We're more than happy to help. Um, and we're currently just looking for students who are kind of enthusiastic or looking for a way that they can make a small impact or just have a voice in the ongoings of the university Absolutely. itself. Um, we run actually a student panel, which is a feedback forum for any students that want to comment or give feedback on um, a Maastricht University related project. It covers a wide array of topics and uh, in the past this worked out really well. We've had some good impacts and we've had some strong changes being made to university policy as well as um, projects changing almost completely because of the feedback we've been given from the student perspective. So it's really good. I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for the interview. Yeah, student project team, I always have had positive experiences when I when we've come to them, especially when we were starting up the radio. Um, they actually, I don't know which one was at first, but we ended up talking to both the student project team and um, the UM uh, like initiative help desk, and they are both immensely helpful for us, like beginning uh, and progressing, like our little startup that we wanted to do. Um, without their help and without their guidance, we wouldn't have what we're doing right now. So a big thank you. And again, if you uh, or someone you know has an idea and is passionate about something, there are plenty and more than enough avenues for you to find some way to, to, to bring those ideas to fruition. 
Yeah, and there's other passionate people like you out mm-hmm. there too. You can hear the excitement with which he was talking about it, and that always makes me smile because uh, you can you see often when people are parts of these organizations. Occasionally, they can be a bit jaded if they're not quite doing what they'd like to be doing, but uh, you can tell that this is an organization that does really interesting stuff. And uh, yeah, check them out. And there's a wide variety of different things you can do, and there's so there's such a span of different things in Maastricht. Like what I have prepared today is only a small sample of those. So keep your mind open, and next I'm going to introduce uh, Enactus. Hello, my name is Emma, and I'm HR uh, manager of Enactus. We are uh, an organization for social and sustainable entrepreneurship. So we're all about um, supporting social um, initiatives to become social startups. Right now we're having a bunch of projects. So for example, we have Arbor, which is sustainable notebooks, um, which are already in sale. Um, we have Imperfect, which is... Um, a project that makes soup out of imperfect vegetables that otherwise would have been thrown away. And um, with Enactus, we support these initiatives. We provide funding, we make workshops so you can improve your leadership skills and support all these projects to become their own social business at some point. Yeah, if you're interested in me, um, becoming a part of Enactus, you can apply and send an email to hr at enactusmastery.nl. Yeah, similar to Student Project Team, Enactus is an organization that's here to uplift different initiatives. So Arbor is a sustainable notebook initiative. Um, they take paper from the library and actually recycle it uh, into notebooks and sell them. Uh, occasionally you'll see events on Facebook where they're selling notebooks, um, uh, but that's just one of the different things that Enactus has helped support, um, which is very exciting, very yeah. encouraging. Yeah, and uh, I think it's really interesting that they take these little, very interesting mm-hmm. projects and help you to expand on them and they're, they're small steps, but they're very meaningful. And uh, I think there's been times when I or people I know have had those kinds of ideas and you don't know what to do with it. You know, if you have this idea to uh, make notebooks with recycled materials or this idea, you see it all the time, fruits getting thrown out that has a little bruise on it. And you think, oh, that's a shame. But, you know, what am I going to do on my own? And it's so nice that there's organizations like this out there that are willing to support you and help you out with fleshing out your ideas. So, yeah, check out Enactus. And just overall, I think UM is very willing to make movements uh, and listen to ideas that um, are pertinent in uh, themes of sustainability. And that's very exciting and that's important. I do feel like UM has a good structure and is very encouraging of those things. So anytime anyone has an idea, please feel or find a space where you uh, you can build those things up. Next, uh, I'm going to talk about ISN, which is a, a student community, international student community, and I will let him explain. All right, so we're from ISN, the International Student Network. We used to be known as ESM, the Erasmus Student Network, but we wanted to be more inclusive, so we changed the name. So we're an organization that makes sure that all the exchanges arrive properly, or international students as well. We take care of them during their arrival week. And then beyond that, we organize events every week. We have our pre-drinks, we have a social Wednesday, we have a monthly party, a monthly cantus as well. It's a cantus more aimed at international people. So it's not going to be Dutch songs. Don't worry about that. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, you can become a member by just buying the card. It's 90 euros and 50 cents. You get great discounts throughout the city. Also with Ryanair, uh, you're going to have a 15% discount on eight flights and a free check-in luggage up to 20 kilograms, actually. So you get that with the card for one year. It's a great opportunity uh, for, you, for all the exchanges who are traveling or international students overall. 
people flying back home. Um, what else? Yeah, all the deals throughout the city. If you want to become an active member, we're a great organization to join. It's a great way to get out of your comfort zone, only being with people from your own country. Very easy, happens to everybody. Well, we make sure that's not the case. So yeah, we just try to basically integration through intoxication. You know, we all have fun, but we also have the cultural events. We organize uh, a lot of trips as well. So we have the Oktoberfest trip. We have Discover Belgium, Discover Holland, Discover Luxembourg. All great trips for great prices, a lot of fun, and you're going to be surrounded by exchanges and international people all the time. Well, there you heard it, integration through intoxication. I really like that. And it's very important, especially as a as a international student coming to Maastricht, maybe even as a Dutch person coming to Maastricht, because it's a very unique city. But uh, to have a group of people who you know, or to at least have a group of people who you're going out with, some kind of a framework. Because I know coming from California, even though I spoke Dutch, the first few weeks were very interesting in terms of what do I do? Where do I go? How do I make the most out of this these first couple weeks? So it's good that there's organizations like ISN to help us with that. And uh, starting, I think, is the most difficult part, like finding your footing. Um, and these organizations and uh, communities, as I'll talk about a little bit later, like they offer that kind of footing. They offer something stable for you to begin with. And I think something like that is so invaluable if you're a person who needs that. Um, and those communities are here. Um, it might take a little bit of digging to find them, but they are here and they're really excited to be a part of someone who's interested in their lives. Um, as far as uni-focused associations, I think that's also a really important thing because I think we often focus on how can we expand our lives outside of uni. But, I mean, if you're the kind of person who maybe hasn't found anything that they are attracted to, maybe there's something more academic-focused that is worth paying attention to. The university offers a lot of things, um, and it's just about finding the right web page or the right person who knows how to direct you. But that kind of thing, I think, happens a lot. And it's, it's again, it's, it's a skill. It's a skill that everybody needs to learn. Yeah, yeah, and again... As Anastasia mentioned, finding people is step one, and mm -hmm. it's the most helpful step, I think, because when you find people, you meet new people, eventually you're going to find your circle, you're going to find stuff you're interested in through other people, and it grows from there. That's how I ended up sitting right here, is you invited me to be on student radio last year, and it's been so nice for me to do something like a new project. And uh, yeah, so it's it's always good to reach out, even if you're not the most social butterfly in the world in the long term it's very very helpful to reach out and to at least shake some hands know some people and they're great people you can hear just from your interviews with them that uh, that they're all, all very passionate and very excited to to hear from you guys and everyone that i spoke to uh last wednesday in the info market is so excited about their own community um, in the next segment, I really wanted to highlight the different kinds of communities you can find in Maastricht. Um, for a relatively small city, I think these things are pretty packed dense, and it's so interesting when you do find um, a group, a community that you can really, uh, really vibe with. Um, first, I'm going to introduce an organization called At Ease Netherlands, and I'm going to have her explain the organization to you. Um, I'm from At Ease, and uh, At Ease is a place where all students and people from 12 to 25 years old can find free psychological help. Uh, you don't have to pay for it, uh, you stay anonymous, we don't keep files. 
Uh, you can walk in whenever you want it, um, and you can come as many times as you want. <laughs> and there's no waiting list, and you can just talk to our volunteers to get any issue of your chest. That's it. <laughs> you can find us on the internet via www.ease.nl. Mm -hmm. uh, there you will find the information in Dutch and in English. Uh, and then you can just uh, see our opening hours. We are open on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Um, and you can just walk in, no need to make an appointment. What I would like to add is that we do see a lot of students and everybody thinks he or she is alone, struggling. And sometimes it can be a relief to talk about it and feel you're not alone. So please don't stay alone. That's what I want to say. She was she's so sweet and at ease is um, a wonderful organization and I'm so uh, sympathetic to what they do and the work that they offer. Um, as we all know, like mental health is an important part of overall health. If you're struggling, no matter in what way your grades are going to be affected, you're not going to be enjoying yourself. And there's such a stigma around seeking help um, that it really makes it difficult sometimes. And I know the university does its best and has resources, but those resources do run short a lot of the time. So organizations like At Ease present themselves um, in really helpful ways. So we can do a whole broadcast about um, dealing with mental health problems in university as a student, um, especially as an international student when healthcare isn't the most accessible thing. Um, but if you're having trouble and you have little resources, look into these things because they are there and they are to help. Uh, following At Ease, I want to introduce an organization called Dionyx, and I will let Puck uh, describe the organization to you. Uh, yes, well, uh, I'm coordinator of Dionyx. Uh, we're promoting ourselves here. We're, we're an organization. Well, actually, we're not really an organization. We're part of COC, which is the oldest LGBT organization in the world. And we're Dionyx, we're the student branch of that. What we do is organize events for LGBT students in Maastricht. We organize something every Thursday. Uh, as this is broadcast, tomorrow there will be a game night in Café Rosé. Uh, next week we'll have an 80s, 90s and 2000s disco party. But we organize something every Wednesday. Uh, at uh, dionics.org you can find our website and see what's going on. We have basically a fixed schedule. Have a look and come over. Yep, um, at the time of this recording, uh, there was going to be a game night uh, the following Thursday, but um, I do believe that there is one tomorrow. It's worth checking out on Facebook. They host um, events at Cafe Rosé, which is a cute little cafe in the center of Maastricht. Um, also, a lot of fun things at Cafe Rosé. I went to my first drag show. Very cool. Very um, cool. Shout out to Cafe Rosé for hosting Shout out to Cafe Rosé for always a fantastic and welcoming time. Um, and again... Just to reiterate, if you're searching for a community, I promise that they are here. And if they aren't, you have resources to create them. Um, and that's what I want thematically to be the center of this episode, because I think that's so important. That's so empowering. You can create your own space. Just like Anastasia exciting. did with this with this radio show. Just like Ruby did. She's She was here before me. Oh. <laughs> um, next, I'd like to introduce uh, Kaleido, which has been an institution in Maastricht for quite a while. 
um, and uh, they're going through some changes. So I'll, I will let uh, the Kaleido's representative describe that to you. We are called Kaleido, so our aim is to see the different colors of the vibrant student community here in Maastricht through like a kaleidoscope basically. So we, see, uh, we try to bring students from all cultures, all backgrounds, all interests together through our events like comedy nights, jam sessions, sometimes even like creative workshops like how to write poetry, how to compose your own music and all of that. These days we have now moved into the basement of the LPP, so we now have a proper spot for students as well to come and hang out in the mornings and the afternoon. There's going to be like a pop-up cafe there, so like you have the safe space to hang out in the mornings, more of events in the evening. So it's all about community building with Kaleido. Kaleido, um, they have done a lot of interesting things in the past. They've always been uh, a music venue. They do comedy nights. Now they are out of the music at their eye and they're moving into the LBB. Um, I just wanted to blurb a little bit about LBB because I think it's a it's a great space. Um, right now, uh, there's quite a bit discussion that I could have right now about how LBB is turning into the only alternative space in Maastricht, which is a shame. Um, Mandrill has been for quite a long time it's a dang shame asserting and trying to respectfully maintain their position as a cultural and political institution um, but these subversive counterculture things always seem to follow in the same fate um, Mandrill will be leaving the city as an institution and moving into the LBB um, but that's not to LBB's dismay uh, I do think that if you're looking for more of an alternative space, um, maybe one uh, around um, communal food sharing, um, resource, uh, sorry, uh, reappropriating food into like a, a vegan food bank. They do that every Friday and it's a, it's a wonderful space to meet people. Uh, they have a lot of interesting events. Um, yeah, it's just a... Even if you just walk by, it's an amazing building to yeah. look at. I think it has this real quality to it. And you just mentioned the mandrel, obviously yeah. a staple of the kind of counterculture in Maastricht, if you can call it that. But it's a shame that it's going. But uh, yeah, I would say support these these small community organizations that are out here doing interesting and artistic things. And the LBB is a really cool space mm -hmm. as well. So again, reaching back to what we've been talking about there's places for you to do interesting things. If you want to build something, you mm -hmm. can build it. And there's platforms for you to talk about it like this one. And there's places for you to host it like LBB. Yep. Uh, I love LBB. And I'm excited to see what comes from them in the future and what uh, fun events and fun spaces they'll create further on. Um, and again, if you want to... If you want to see an alternative culture, a counterculture in Maastricht, create it. All of these things have been started by one person. And you can be that person. Ruby is in the process, actually, of asserting her own space um, as, a, as a cultural mark, as a cultural center in Maastricht. So keep an eye out for the haunted house. Yo, keep, keep an, an eye, eye out. out for the haunted house. I hope to be with you soon. It's a great cultural space. Hopefully another alternative space to add to the scene. And I'm looking forward to share that with you all. It's going to be beautiful. Keep your eye open. We've been greeted by the ethereal voice, uh, the ever-present <laughs> voice of Ruby. The omnipresence. Yes. I'm sitting here pressing buttons while you two talk. <laughs> <laughs> and we appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, we'll get on to the haunted house a bit later, but I think first we have some new stuff to introduce. Yeah, so I want to introduce uh, another sphere that students can be involved in Maastricht, which is around the political realm, the volunteer realm, um, giving back to the community in a um, 
a relevant way. Relevant was not the word I was looking for, but it's constructive. That's better. Um, good synonym. Like that a lot. <laughs> well, I'm rambling, but I want to introduce Amnesty International, and I'll let a representative talk to you about that. Okay, so as Amnesty International Master students, um, we uh, try to host events every week. This can range from lectures to debates to movie screenings, social events, but also more public actions, such as um, uh, petition actions, letter writing actions, pu uh, public protests, anything like this. Um, membership is completely free, it's um, with no commitment, as well as there's no deadlines, so you can just come and go however you want to. And um, as, even if you're not a member, feel free to check out our Facebook page and um, yeah, see if there's any event that you're very much interested in. Thank you. That's perfect. Yep, Amnesty International. Um, this is Maastricht's chapter of the organization. Um, they do quite a few interesting things. They volunteer, of course. They take trips to um, different uh, areas in need that um, align with the Amnesty International. They host movie nights um, where they highlight documentaries about injustice elsewhere in the world, um, or even here, injustice everywhere, and that's something to be aware of. I should have checked myself when I thought of that, but we're all learning. <laughs> We're all unlearning things. Absolutely, yeah. Amnesty International is is a fantastic organization mm -hmm. that does great work, not just with helping disenfranchised and impoverished people and uh, people who who maybe don't have the author or sorry autonomy over their own situations, but also just in educating people. I've learned so much just from my parents uh, supporting Amnesty International. They send you stuff in the mail. Sometimes it it pulls at your mm -hmm. bit, but. It's a great way to get informed, and they do a lot of great stuff, so check that out. And uh, being informed and, and learning things is always the first step. Like, I'm going to bring it back to last week's episode, but education and a level, a level of scholarship, excuse me, is always required for any form of activism or growth on anybody's part. And I think... Um, Amnesty International, and we'll talk about Feminists of Maastricht and UNICEF and the Young European uh, something of Maastricht. We'll talk about those because they serve an important role in developing ideas and cultivating a sense of um, discovery and cultivating a sense of exploration. So I'm going to let Santi from Feminists of Maastricht introduce uh, the organization to you. Uh, so Feminists of Maastricht uh, is a young association. Uh, we started two years ago and it's growing and growing. Um, right now we have a lot of members. So uh, basically we have meetings every week uh, with like close members and we conduct discussions, debates. And we have uh, open meetings or open events every month, uh, like debates and drinks, for example. So we go to a bar, uh, we have drinks and we discuss different subjects, topics related to feminism. We already had uh, many movie nights as well. Uh, what else? We plan on doing uh, lectures this year and yeah, and parties as well. <laughs> we did a party last year. <laughs> uh, basically, yeah, we're targeting uh, mainly everyone. It's not closed only to students. Uh, it's open to everyone, uh, males included. <laughs> we really need men uh, in our association. Um, so yeah, we just want to raise awareness um, like towards feminist topics or anything yeah. related to feminism. 
Santi's a sweetheart. She was actually working with us for student radio for quite a while, um, but um, she was really excited about Feminists of Maastricht, so she's been pioneering that uh, for the past couple of years, and it's been really exciting for her. Um, again, Feminists of Maastricht is not just uh, for the ladies. Anybody can be a feminist if you have something to say or if you want to learn about uh, different ways of thinking, different ideas, um, different things. It's always uh, an exciting thing to um, pursue uh, different paths of uh, reasoning. And I think feminists of Maastricht have a really accessible avenue of doing those things. They'll host lectures. They have movie nights as well. Very, uh, very, um, they make it very easy to enter uh, those kinds of spaces if it's something that maybe is uh, is different from someone's, uh, I don't know, upbringing, yeah, ideology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, feminism is one of the most important and pressing, uh, um, what would you say, causes of, of our times. So uh, get out there, guys, you know. Get out there, boys. Look up uh, Feminists of Maastricht and get involved because it's a, it's a great, um, it's a great, what's the word I'm looking for? cause there cause. we go great nice, cause very good. and uh yeah yeah get involved perfect and i like that a lot next i'm going to introduce the young european federalists um they're again a political organization a young political organization in, in maastricht and i will let them explain that to you so we are the young european students uh, we're our goal is to promote European values and raise awareness about what is happening in the European Union and where, what are good things that are done by the European Union and what are problems. So, of course, people can always come to our events like lectures, debates and also some social events. But uh, if people want to get really active European citizens, they can help us organizing events. They can help us running our social media campaigns that we did for the, for example, for the European election. And also over summer we had some things going on and we want to continue doing that. One important, really important thing is that everyone is welcome here. We're like there to discuss about the European Union. Not everything is great, not everything is perfect. So, like, any ideas and criticisms are really welcome. So... That's the best part about Jeff. Um, yep, fantastic. Ruby did have a comment that I, I kind of want to address with a lot of these things have a very neoliberal perspective, and that's not a bad thing. It's definitely a thing that should be addressed, though, because I feel like that implies that there's a level of complacency um, to the uh, the amount of political, ideological like challenge um that they offer i'm that being like if you're complacent in something that's usually not enough to broaden someone's worldview or to actually affect change uh and i'm not saying that any of these organizations don't affect change because i think they all have positive impact um in communities in individual students lives um but there's always a level at which things can be can evolve and I don't think anyone should ever feel feel complacent in something there should always be a level of evolution yeah that's a fantastic point we can't uh, we can't always rest on our laurels and it's important it's important to have some healthy conversations mm -hmm. and not just have everybody uh, nodding along and agreeing with what people are saying and yeah it is important for ideas to evolve for people to talk to each other we had this whole conversation last week about getting involved student activism, things like that. And these political and volunteer organizations fit right into that. Mm -hmm. You know, these are important conversations. And if you think 
that there's something in general that's lacking in a certain conversation about any topic, any any modern issue. Uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't feel bad about making yourself heard. But it's all about constructive conversation and listening to each other. And I think uh, these organizations do a great job of promoting those things. Absolutely, very good. Next, I want to introduce UNICEF, um, another charity organization. Hi, Xander. Um, can you tell us a little bit about UNICEF? Yeah, so UNICEF Student Team Maastricht is a student volunteer group that's perfect to meet students from other faculties. We have applications open all year long, so you can join us whenever you want. And we have monthly pub quizzes as well as frequent bake sales around exam time and educational lectures and film screenings. To get in touch with us to volunteer, you can check us out on Instagram at UNICEF underscore Maastricht or Facebook at UNICEF Student Team Maastricht. Yep, Xander's fantastic. UNICEF is fantastic. I actually went to a UNICEF um, speed dating event at a restaurant, which ended terribly. Um, I'm glad my money went to something charitable, but speed dating is hellish, to say the least. Um, but that's for another uh, another night, another day. Uh, next, I want to talk about Bridge Europe. Um, they're a very uh, I actually love talking to him, and I, I wish I remembered his name, but he was fantastic and very well-spoken. But Bridge Europe is the organization that takes um, no level of complacency. There's always uh, a higher question to ask in terms of pushing boundaries, pushing ideas, and I will let um, the representative explain that to you. So uh, at Bridge Europe, we organize monthly events where we encourage our participants and attendees to to discuss their to discuss our topics to share their thoughts opinions and beliefs about whatever we decided uh, to have our discussion about we are convinced that um, it is vital to establish a university-wide discussion culture. Nowadays, we have a problem with uh, so-called filter bubbles. This is when you're, for example, on Facebook and you like content, then those algorithms make sure that you in future get to see similar stuff. And this gets more and more extreme. So this uh, develops in the direction that you basically only see what you believe in and you only kind of get connected with like-minded people. I mean, it's comfortable for you. I enjoy to see what I believe in, to engage with like-minded people, of course, right? What is problematic is that this way, populist and racist beliefs get reinforced. And uh, we've seen this in Germany, we've seen this all through Europe, where we have like uh, really populist parties getting more and more popular. They get more and more votes. Just just happened in Germany. That's why we try to get the people out of their filter bubbles. We have a diverse culture. We want the people to share their thoughts and we base this on a on honesty and on a respectful level. Because to be honest, like the university, the students are going to be the future. Just imagine how the world would look if this right now continues. You know, what leaders are we gonna have? Like, are we only gonna have Trumps? This is why we must establish this discussion culture where people who attend, that they really um, get new ideas and that they can leave our discussion and 
our events and say like, wow, you know, I've never thought about this, but actually this is totally reasonable, you know, that you leave university and have a broad world view and that you are not constrained to your beliefs. Our democracy is built up on discussion and is built up on diversity. And if we forget about this, then our democracy is going to be gone quite soon. We have um, weekly meetings um, where we, our team, our leadership and executive team meets with the members. There we uh, prepare our events. Go to our website, it's bridgeeurope.org and uh, contact us and uh, then we would love to see you at one of our meetings and yeah, change the world. Wow, so sensational stuff from Bridge Europe and very thought-provoking. I think uh, it's very important to talk about uh, full community out in the open conversations. And I think the fact that he mentioned filter bubbles is also really interesting. Again, something we could spend a whole hour talking about on its own separate radio show. But it's important to have open conversations. It's a reason why universities are so important. They are platforms for people to have discussions, for academic and and high-level political, cultural discussions to be had, and especially in the age of social media, which has done a lot of good um, in connecting people, but it has also done a lot of damage in terms of the political discourse, cultural discourse. I think it's gone backwards. I think a lot of people, it's so much easier to block people out than to internalize things that they're saying and to think about where they might be coming from. So uh, I think that's that's a very, very noble cause and one that uh, I love to hear enthusiasm around because I think it's very important that we have open conversations with each other and we meet each other in the middle in terms of at least understanding each other. Exactly. Um, and I'm I'm so happy that uh, this this space is available because I hadn't heard of Bridge Europe before that I, before the info market. Um, and I was really excited to hear about it because I do feel like you begin to fall into an echo chamber and you hear the same appropriate things, maybe the same thing the university wants to advertise. And it becomes very difficult to escape that, especially when you exist as a as inside an organization uh, in a university setting. Um, so I was really excited to see that this is an opportunity to kind of maybe navigate around that. Um, as we get closer to Friday, um, the Climate March is happening. Um, I want to address the various different organizations devoted towards sustainability um, and devoted towards awareness about the environment. Um, in Maastricht specifically, there are quite a few and they all, um, they work together in the Climate Action Network and they benefit each other, they uplift each other and they work in tandem to create um, a kind of unity that I think is really effective, uh, especially um, across the city. First, I want to introduce the Green Office, which is a, um, uh, a univer the university's specific office towards sustainability, and I'll let them introduce that. Uh, I'm from Green Office, and we are a student initiative, but we work for the University of Maastricht, and we try to make the university more sustainable by involving its staff and its students. And for example, we work on more courses at the university about sustainable development, but also to make research more sustainable. For example, that scientists can fly less to conferences and so on. And of course, we also like to organize campaigns and events about sustainable development. 
yep, the green office, um, they do everything through the university. So if the university wants to say, mm, maybe the air conditioners run too much and maybe that's electricity we don't need to be using, um, the green office will manage that or um, the green office will uh, have an idea and bring that to the university to um, uh, to use it within the institution. Next, I want to introduce a library of things. Very exciting. Um, uh, actually, kind of our sister organization. We uh, we both started at the same time, Student Radio and the Library of Things, and I'd like to introduce them to you. Maybe. It's okay. Well, the Library of Things is a uh, organization devoted towards um, the reusability of items. So, for instance, if you need to put up a picture in your room, but maybe you don't have a hammer and it's not worth it to buy a hammer, instead of buying a hammer, you can go to the Library of Things and check one out, in effect, just like checking out a book, all with the attention that you return it. But this means that things that maybe would have gotten thrown away are donated to the library, or things that don't have a high level of reuse value for you as a person doesn't have to be thrown away right after. Um, so there's that community building aspect, but also that heightened level of, um, uh, uh, oh, my stomach's growling, excuse me. Wow, I'm hungry. I haven't had dinner yet. But um, yeah, the Library of Things is a, a wonderful um, library of things that you have access to if you ever need something. Um, and a great way to highlight sustainability in effect in daily life. Uh, next, I want to talk about the Tapine Tuin, which is a garden at Tapine, and I will let the volunteer explain that to you. Uh, I am a volunteer of the Tapine Tuin, and the Tapine Tuin is a garden, a garden from the government, and uh, 30 volunteers working in the garden. Uh, and the visitors who come in the garden can buy there some uh, food, the vegetables, the herbs, the fruits. And the volunteers who work in the garden, they work there two hours in a week, four hours in a week. From Wednesday till Friday and Sunday, we are open in the afternoon from 12 to 4 o'clock. Perfect. Thank you so much. She was very sweet to talk to. She was very excited about her volunteer um, experience at the Tapine Gardens. Um, and again, uh, this is devoted to bringing awareness to um, food food waste. Um, in grocery stores, uh, often you don't see ugly food because they don't sell well. So that means produce that is perfectly edible um, is often thrown away because it doesn't have the same level of uh, sellability, um, let's say. But uh, this Garden at Tapine offers volunteer opportunities to learn how to garden, learn how to garden um, sustainably, and to learn um, more, um, more uh, sorry, to become more aware about food stuff specifically, because there's a lot of food waste in the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Tapine Tine is a great a great space, like you mentioned, to, mm -hmm. to learn how to garden and to get into that world yourself. And I know people, not just old people, young people too, who have gotten into gardening. And uh, it can be very fulfilling. And it can also, if you are a environmentally minded person, uh, it can be also very fulfilling in that respect that you're making your own food or even just having a space, a meditative space to be around these living things. And it's good that there's organizations like this. And uh, you can hear in her voice that she was very excited to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So check out Tapayantine. It's a cool place. And also, 
if you do have the opportunity to garden or to work on a farm, I would recommend it. I could spend hours talking about my time on the farm this summer, but it was really an engaging experience in like, how is produce actually produced? What are, what's the effort? What's the energy levels? How does that contribute to like the actual yield of things we eat? Very interesting stuff, very relevant stuff. Following that, I would like to introduce my friend Reese, and he's gonna talk about um, this week's Climate March. Hi. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Uh, you said there's a climate march afoot? Yeah, there is. On the 20th of September, starting at 1.30 at the Thraitoff and marching all around the city, going till about 6, there's going to be a big climate march. Thousands of people have shown up to the last two. Yeah. It's been a really big deal. Some of the biggest climate marches and marches, protests this city has ever seen. And it's very important. It's an important time for us yeah. all to get together and uh, protest and show that we care about the climate and show our government that we really need to declare a climate emergency across this whole country, Absolutely. across this whole world, because we're kind of fucked if we don't. That's true. That is a fact and it sucks. Yeah. So come on down. Like, we need everyone down yeah. there to show some support. Definitely. Show your support and do exactly what Reese said. Um, we are all pretty severely effed if we don't fix something um so again just to reiterate 1 30 friday on the right off the climate march starts um there are going to be several many different organizations representing themselves there uh, along with people who just want to march to show solidarity with the effort um specifically i wanted to shout out uh left life uh maastricht they will be having specifically an anti-capitalist uh, block marching within the march on Friday. Um, and again, capitalism kind of promotes this kind of devastating uh, consumption of the environment. Um, so if it is something you believe in or if it is something you want to learn more about, um, definitely talk to uh, Left Life and the members who will be present on Friday. Um, very important stuff and engaging stuff as well, just to be aware. Um, but also, so many different organizations will be present. Uh, please find a space for yourself. Participate with us. Um, it'll be a really important Friday. Absolutely. Yeah, I say be there or be square. Make yourself heard because they can't ignore all of us walking out there. And I think it's very important. So anybody who can make it at 1.30 at the Vreitzhof this Friday, please come along. All the organizations there are full of wonderful people, including Left Life. And even as somebody who may think that capitalism has its charms, we all mm -hmm. have to agree that the environmental damage wreaked by capitalism as, as it is today is unfathomable and awful. And now is the time to take action, especially from younger people. And protesting, demonstrating is just as important as voting in a democracy. And we have to defend our democracy, defend our planet. So these are important things. We'll see you on Friday. Yes. Also, on Friday, um, I'm going to plug our own event because we're hosting a live music session Friday at the Haunted House. Um, it's going to be featuring Branamir and Michelle, two fantastic acts from Maastricht. Um, it's going to be fun. I'm going to be making cocktails at the bar. So, ooh, that's going to be fun. Um, but keep that in mind. And you are most welcome to join us there that Friday, right after the Climate March, starting 8 o'clock. So I hope to see you there, and I hope to see you Friday. Um, yeah. For more information on that, you can always check out our social medias. Very good. Yep. Facebook, um, Student Radio Maastricht, 
Uh, feel free to message us if you have any questions, if you're interested in the project, if you have ideas of your own. Um, we're always super receptive to anybody and everyone with any idea whatsoever. Um, I would be happy to get back to you if you have uh, an, an inquiry for me. Awesome. Uh, do we have time for a closing song? Do we have some more time? two songs all right so first i want to introduce to you the song the 1975 by the 1975 featuring greta thunberg she's the uh swedish teenager who's been very actively outspoken about um the climate uh, and she's doing a fantastic job and it's time to listen to the young people because they have a lot to say We are right now in the beginning of a climate and ecological crisis. And we need to call it what it is. An emergency. We must acknowledge that we do not have the situation under control and that we don't have all the solutions yet, unless those solutions mean that we simply stop doing certain things. We must admit that we are losing this battle. We have to acknowledge that the older generations have failed. All political movements in their present form have failed. But Homo sapiens have not yet failed. Yes, we are failing, but there is still time to turn everything around. We can still fix this. We still have everything in our own hands. But unless we recognize the overall failures of our current systems, we most probably don't stand a chance. We are facing a disaster of unspoken sufferings for enormous amounts of people. And now is not the time for speaking politely or focusing on what we can or cannot say. Now is the time to speak clearly. Solving the climate crisis is the greatest and most complex challenge that Homo sapiens have ever faced. The main solution, however, is so simple that even a small child can understand it. We have to stop our emissions of greenhouse gases. And either we do that or we don't. You say that nothing in life is black or white. But that is a lie. A very dangerous lie. Either we prevent a 1.5 degree of warming or we don't. Either we avoid setting off that irreversible chain reaction beyond human control, or we don't. Either we choose to go on as our civilization, or we don't. That is as black or white as it gets. Because there are no gray areas when it comes to survival.
now we all have a choice. We can create transformational action that will safeguard the living conditions for future generations. Or we can continue with our business as usual and fail. That is up to you and me. And yes, we need a system change rather than individual change. But you cannot have one without the other. If you look through history, all the big changes in society have been started by people at the grassroots level. People like you and me. So I ask you to please wake up and make the changes required possible. To do your best is no longer good enough. We must all do the seemingly impossible. Today, we use about 100 million barrels of oil every single day. There are no politics to change that. There are no rules to keep that oil in the ground. So we can no longer save the world by playing by the rules. Because the rules have to be changed. Everything needs to change. And it has to start today. So everyone out there, it is now time for civil disobedience. It is time to rebel. It is. Um, it definitely is. I would like to conclude with exactly that. I think that was exactly what we're trying to do this Friday and in our lives day to day. Uh, it's important to make that effort and it's so necessary to make that effort. Um, yeah, and how inspiring from this 16-year-old girl, you know, the fact that she's making so much change. It's so inspiring and it's, it, ma- it lights a fire under me, you know. I feel as though I should be doing doing more as well if she can do so much, so... And anyone can do this much, absolutely anyone. And it just takes effort and it just takes time. I'd like to quickly say thank you for listening. Um, and I'd like to quickly thank RTV Maastricht and Code043 for allowing this production to be possible. Um, again, thank you for listening. Tune in next week. And I hope to see you there. To tune us out, Rupee has a song for us. Hit it. Hi there, everyone. <laughs> um, this last song is a big shout out to Diana, who's going to Mexico for four months. So... Here it is, Diana. Hope you have a good trip. I'm so young and you're so old. This, my darling, I've been told. I don't care just what they say, cause forever I will pray. Oh my darling, you're the most I love
U luistert naar RTV Maastricht. 87.5 op de kabel, 107.5 in de ether. Dit is Francis Dix met het Radio Nieuws. Op een persconferentie heeft Saoedi-Arabië gezegd dat de aanvallen op olieinstallaties overduidelijk mogelijk zijn gemaakt door Iran. De Houthi-rebellen, die gesteund worden door Iran, hebben de verantwoordelijkheid opgeëist. Saoedische defensiemedewerkers lieten brokstukken zien die lijken op materiaal dat eerder is gevonden bij Iraanse aanvallen. Er zouden 18 drones en 7 raketten zijn afgevuurd. De aanvallen kwamen uit het noorden en Jemen ligt in het zuiden. Iran ontkent elke betrokkenheid. De tentoonstelling Design van het Derde Rijk in het Designmuseum in Den Bosch, die anderhalve week geleden opende, heeft vandaag zijn tienduizendste kaartje verkocht.